Hello! This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by our patrons and one specific patron who is very special. Dr. Wen produced this episode on Until Dawn. Thank you, Dr. Wen. This is also brought to you by our other patrons, patrons such as Adam Bunting, Entropic Decay, Skelicopter, Jade Middleton, and Jacob Vassar. Uh, thank you for your support. If you are, uh, would like to hear this full episode instead of just the preview, head on over to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and uh, give us $5 a month. If you already are doing that, we appreciate you so much. Thanks. Bye. Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Until Dawn, which is a cinematic adventure game developed by Supermassive Games and published by Sony for the PS4 in 2015. Yeah. Uh, this episode has two things about it that are special. One, executive produced by Dr. Wynn. Thank you, Dr. Wynn. Thank you, Dr. Uh, Wynn. Yeah, we, we've been looking for an excuse to do this for a while, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm glad we, we got a chance to. Yeah. Uh, this is also our premium episode for March, which means that uh, patrons at the $5 level will get the entire episode, and uh, everyone else will get just through up through the generality as a preview. Um, mm-hmm. If you'd like to hear the whole thing, head on over to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Five bucks a month gives you all the premium WAFs, including the old ones, as well as Bonfires Like Chat and Unfilmable and bonus episodes of our other shows and just all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's worth doing. Uh, also, mm-hmm. just something about this, you know, as we're talking about the structure of the episode, um, I've, uh, I wrote the notes in such a way that we would keep the generality section spoiler free, Gary, uh, for yeah. two, two reasons. Uh, one, uh, I think people They're should vampires. play this game. <laughs> so the Until Dawn is because then vampires can't go out at night and they're vampires. Right. Yes, yes. So the, the, the truth was right in front of you the whole time. They introduced manpires, <laughs> the man of vampires. <laughs> and then they're dreaded mampires, which are lady <laughs> vampires. I'm just picturing every we'll, patch of body hair having a widow's peak on manpires. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The pubic hair widow's peak. Uh-huh. Uh, I was trying to think of a good gender non-binary mm-hmm. vampire but manpire and mampire work really well <laughs> i'm sure there's like you know just it's just saying vampire <laughs> that sounds like a baseball <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh <laughs> what a horrible effigy and anyway <laughs> yeah uh no this is the game this is a good game uh we think you should play it also like the part of the fun is the mystery and like part of what this game does really really well is uh throw out its red herrings you know so uh just uh consider this first part like a like like a sales pitch almost for this game i'm really glad that you liked it gary because i've been talking it up for a while uh saying that it owns and uh you know it's a it's 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 nice that you're confirming it yeah, it's it's a uh, the it's a great game. It's mm-hmm. really fun. Uh, I didn't play this for the show. I played this just on my own mm-hmm. uh, because of that recommendation, and really, really enjoyed it. Um, also, it's lying about the vampire thing. Yes, I'm yeah. just realizing now that there may be people listening to this, uh, <laughs> you know, who 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 do not understand that uh, or didn't realize that because I haven't played it. Um, yeah. I'm lying. <laughs> the uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Um, as far as games of this type, this is uh, really up there. Yeah. For me. Um, it's also uh, a snack, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of play. Um, it's episodic, so it's easy to break down. And even if you don't, it's seven hours. Mm-hmm. 
eight hours, um, which seems really slight, but it is as like an interactive movie and it earns that the title more than a lot of things called that. Yes. Um, the, the pacing is actually right on mm-hmm. for the length. Yeah. It, it, it does the miraculous thing of being a seven hour interactive movie that doesn't feel tiresome, like watching, you know, half of the half of the uh, the Hobbit trilogy in one go, you know? Yes. Yeah. For all you Hobbit heads out there. <laughs> also, this is super easy to get a hold of if you are one of uh, if you have one of the four PlayStation fives that have ever been made. Um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and we have two of them. So two of you out there, you may be able to play it on the PS plus collection on PS five. Um, lots of cool games there, including this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So check it out. Uh, the basic premise, if you need in, uh, enticement, <laughs> is that this follows uh, some unfortunate events that befall a group of eight teens uh, who we're going to get into it, but are the most unlikable characters in fiction, I think, <laughs> as a crew. Yep. <laughs> I've never hated a group of characters in a video game more than this. And if if that sounds like a way to, uh, you know, that will put you off. Like, I don't want to spend some time with some jerks. Mm-hmm. Uh there's gonna be motorcycles. Like, there, there, there's some bad stuff that can happen to these jerks. Yeah, like, that's that, that's uh, that, that's part of the draw. Like, when was the last time that you liked a character in a slasher movie? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it's not really the genre for it. Um, <laughs> but they return to a lodge on Blackwood Mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of their friends had gone missing a year prior, uh, and that is your basic premise. Yeah. So uh, the game kind of switches you between control between these different teens um, and the story progresses in a cinematic fashion, kind of Im- imitating a slasher film. Uh, so, you know, uh, very early on, the teens pair off and uh, go yes. their separate ways. Uh, and it, uh, it, it it jumps between them uh, as the play itself jumps between kind of two different modes, uh, exploration and cutscenes. Yes. Yeah. Um, exploration is when you're just kind of walking around looking for clues in the environment. Uh, this is very light. This is a, a narrative walking sim, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. Um, getting clues fills in this database related to these different mysteries, similar to like Professor Layton. Yeah. Uh, there are three different mysteries and you can kind of keep track of what is going on this way. Yeah. Uh, you also find totems that are just scattered about just these indigenous artifacts uh, that will, when you pick them up and turn them over in that awesome uh, early 2000s, I, my character is looking at something animation where they start picking up, holding it away from you, and you have to turn the right stick to have them slowly turn it toward you. Uh, yes. When you look into it, uh, you get a premonition of things to come. This is uh, this is hints. Uh, and they fall into different categories like death, danger, fortune, kind of warning you like, OK, so I just saw that person catch on fire. Maybe I should be real careful with fire around them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, the, the, these don't 100 percent work for me as, yeah. a, as a gameplay mechanic. Um, a lot of times they're hard to make out to the point to where they don't feel like effective hints. Yeah. Uh, and they're they're very contrary to how I'm playing the game in a general sense. But we'll talk about that. Yes. More. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a fine idea. I was very surprised that they kept them with the, the spiritual successors to this because yes. I, was, I, it was the one thing after this, I was like, oh, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of surprised they didn't jettison it. Yeah. 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 Uh, cutscenes are where, where you're going to be spending a lot of time. Normally that would be a mark against a game like this. Um, even with interactivity, you know, we've had bad things to say about Indigo Prophecy. That was one of our early, uh, kind of slam sessions, right? Yes. Uh, you just did just a, an episode where we dunked on it from beginning to end. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. wretched. Uh huh. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a horrible video game. Uh, we, I'm surprised we didn't bring up that con- comparison sooner. Like uh-huh. when we talk about this as an interactive movie, this is a David Cage movie if it's good. Mm-hmm. Or, or, but like our David Cage game as if it were good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, there, there's, there, there, there's some good magic here. And I think that like a lot of the, like, if it's good, it just kind of has to do with the story itself. You know, this isn't mm. making like big swings, you know, like, yeah, this goes weird places, but it's not the Mayans, the, the Mayans and the inter- Mayan spirits and Internet are fighting each other, you know, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's not doing like Detroit become human where it's trying to make a like a civil rights comparison. This is ultimately pretty simple stuff. Um, and they do pretty, pretty simple stuff with the interactivity that just kind of plays into the horror intenseness. Like all of this feels more directed to a purpose. Yeah. And the, here's, here's a thing that is hard to articulate and I'm hoping that you can help me with it. Okay. Um, I think the QTEs in this are kind of better than average. 
Yeah. Uh, and I was trying to pinpoint why I think they are better. Um, part of it is, and this is a, a weird thing, but they're a little bit more demanding. Okay. Uh, you know, like you have less time than you ordinarily would. I like how the QTE icons pop up in a place to draw your attention to the danger. Yes. So, so that, that ends up feel making it feel a little bit more active. Like I'm not just, you know, compare with Indigo Prophecy, which lays them out like a Simon board. Yeah. You know, and you're, you're just playing Simon. Mm-hmm. Here, you're, as your eyes are, you know, flitting across the screen, you're jumping over a log and you your eyes are drawn by the button prompt to mm-hmm. the thing. So you immediately kind of have the context. Yeah. Uh, and then can then you know what to do. It ends up feeling more active than it actually is. Yeah, I agree with you on this. So this isn't uh, an innovation of this game. Uh, this is actually something that David Cage did in Heavy Rain. You know, the idea that, all right, so a guy is uh, getting ready to stab your character. Uh, instead of having the prompt just be over the screen itself, you would see the triangle button uh, put over the knife because that's the that's the focal point of the scene. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's on loan from that here. I think that like what makes this um, especially engaging um, and it's been a while since I played Heavy Rain, uh, just because I played it when it came out and it was the hot shit. You fool. <laughs> you haven't um, done your yearly Heavy Rain? <laughs> like it's, it's monsoon season here I, at Cole Ross's house. I, I know the, Heavy Rain. <laughs> I already know the twist. So it kind of takes a little bit of the takes a little bit of the joy it's out of it. Snow. <laughs> <laughs> snow would be heavy rain, yes. Um so uh so like what's neat about this is as you learn to read the QTEs, you start knowing like roughly where they're going to pop up. And it's not just that the buttons draw focus, it's that like mm-hmm. if you are actively watching the scene, you know, really engaged in this, you're almost watching it to see, you know, where the character interactions are going to run into something, and you can kind of anticipate where they're going to be and like when it's going to pop up. So all, all you have to do is just like see which button is being asked you're being asked to press, and then and then hit that as opposed to like searching for it so it really does draw you draw you forward into the scene in a way that a lot of qtes you know back to like even like god of war uh kind of don't just by having them be you know prompts in the lower third right yeah yeah Uh, i really like how it it does them it makes them they're also uh more judiciously uh kind of deployed Mm -hmm. uh in the game um because they end up doing other things as well uh to to kind of uh break that up so there are shooting segments as well where you just have to put a cursor in the correct spot Mm -hmm. you know uh you'll have a limited amount of time to shoot something you have to move the cursor from a random place um and activate the button and uh you know that's that's fine it's again it's interactive ish Mm -hmm. the uh so in addition to the shooting thing they also do uh these sections where you have to hold still using the dual shock motion sensor um, you know, and if you move even a little bit, like you fail these bits, mm-hmm. um, these are hard. I think this, uh, ludically emulates, uh, you know, like staying still and holding your breath mm-hmm. really well. Um, and I like that they're hard and I actually like that they're easy to fail. Yes. Uh, I'm a, I'm a real sicko mode about this game. We'll talk about kind of different <laughs> approaches to it uh, yeah. at some point. It's way better than the man of Medan tap button to make your heart beat. <laughs> Uh, mechanic which are those are also fine but they're so funny uh-huh. <laughs> like oh shit i i didn't uh you know, i guess it is your heart skipping a beat because i didn't press x at the right time but <laughs> they just fall it's... over and die ah geez yeah. i didn't i forgot to breathe it's like the illithid curse the the one exactly, that makes it yeah. that you did that it just eliminates all of your autonomic breathing yep yeah <laughs> this is definitely one of the best uses of motion controls in games and it, i just I, I like that it's subtle uh you yes. know and just it is very and, and they're doing stuff like you know okay it's don't breathe and it's not just you know devoid of con or it's not just devoid of context like they will have characters get you know they'll have the threats get right up next to your character your character or to look like they're about to find you you know because usually this is the, the this is the game stealth right uh, yeah. and, and you'll and, and you'll fail these and any of these uh kind of more demanding ones where there's time uh where there where they're timed um failing them is not instant death it can be there there are times there are scenes where it is you know really high stakes and you know failing it will will, will uh end you uh but otherwise um like they just failing one of them just diverts you onto a rockier path Right. Or it makes it so you don't have as, as much slack to, uh, uh, to, to, to fail later. It's a, it's, it's fail forward. Yeah. 
you know, in, in, in design in a general sense. And we say instant death, we don't mean instant death for failure of the story. Yes. You know, the, the story doesn't end and we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, about this. Um, the, uh, you also end up having these bits where you have to choose dialogue. Um, so these are timed in action scenes. Otherwise they're not, you have as much time in the world, which leads to very funny scenes of like Chris Gethard or Lindsay Ellis or any of the <laughs> weird face doubles in this game, just considering like, you know, dismissive, uh, <laughs> dismissive, apologetic. And just going, hmm, thinking about those two things, looking at the little angel and devil on their shoulder forever. Yep. Uh, putting down the controller during one of these is very funny. <laughs> um, yeah, you're making choices by moving the uh, right stick uh, toward them. And it is very funny because the characters will look at the motion graphics. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> them there. Yeah. You can also say nothing, you yes. know, which is not an innovation that, you know, they did on the walking dead, but a lot of times that is the correct choice. Yeah. Uh, uh, and again, correct is incredibly subjective here, which we'll talk about. Right. Right. Uh, uh, just to correct being like, oh, this will be a way to keep everybody alive, but you might not want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, or just make things easier or make things different. Yes. Uh, you know, later, mm-hmm. um, these are all tied into these like story divergences that happens when you make these choices or succeed or fail in these events. Uh, and this, uh, this is, there's a system here. It's called the butterfly effect. Uh, system it's played up real big in the beginning it really uh, is I, I forgot about the opening credits to this which <laughs> i find a little cringy uh personally yeah um that song and then just the stock foot it looks a little nine snails video yeah yeah uh, to me uh and scre- uh, screaming mad george you know what if a spider it's a little screaming mad what if a spider crawled cr- you know crawled out of a hole in a doll's head uh kind of stuff yes yeah. yeah so it's just it's just borrowing saying like ah isn't this spooky and then making it real big while a yeah. uh, like a, a metal version of a of a of a folk song plays, which is another thing, another thing that carried over into uh, <laughs> into the Dark mm-hmm. Pictures anthology. They love that shit for some reason. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's real. Uh, the soundtrack is Supernatural, <laughs> is my understanding. This <laughs> Supernatural TV show does a lot of that kind of thing. Oh man. Um... So this is called the butterfly effect system, uh, uh, based on the, uh, beloved Ashton Kutcher movie, which all of us have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And that, that was inspired by heavy rain, uh, explicitly like this game kind of wears its influences gameplay wise on its, uh, on its, on its sleeve. Um, but yeah, uh, it, what happens is when you get to points in the story where things can diverge, uh, it will check, uh, all of your past actions it's keeping track of God knows how many variables uh, to see how the story the should proceed. Knows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a butterfly effect section on the wiki. I was uh, refreshing my memory about this because I played it recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, 22. Oh. That's lower than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, yeah, there's 22 of them, and you can you can read about their effects on the wiki. The wiki here for a fandom wiki is actually surprisingly robust. Nice. Yeah, I can so. see that. Um, but yeah, uh, this will, uh, uh, you know, ch- check uh, you know, things that are, you know, like, for example, like, Hey, do you have an item in possession? Did you give this to somebody or did you keep it for yourself? Um, do you have, like, did you pick up this clue and do you have this piece of information to kind of share, to expose some of the story as the characters work through it? You know, it can be everything from something as small as that up to like, Hey, is this character alive? And are they there to help somebody else out of a life or death situation? Yeah. 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 And these are specifically the butterfly effect things. There are other little miniature, like aesthetic choices, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, another system in this game that I think is a little bit underdeveloped. Yeah. Uh, even though I, I don't, I like this game a whole lot. Like it sounds like I'm complaining about it. This game's great. Um, characters have uh, starting traits and they have relationship meters mm-hmm. to each other. This felt like to me a lot like a holdover from maybe an earlier version of this game where that stuff mattered more. It does. Yeah. They they get checked sometimes in butterfly effect scenarios where they're mm-hmm. going to decide what happens next in the story. They're like, do these two characters like each other um, or share information? Um, it's a little bit of a red herring, though. Like, it starts off when you're introduced to the character. You'll be like, this, you know, uh, this is Ashley. She's artistic, easily scared, imaginative. Mm-hmm. That stuff, only, like, you don't need to be keeping that in the back of your mind, really. No. it It's not uh, an effect. It doesn't affect the game. Right, uh, really, it's it's pretty weird um, as a as a system in the game, and could comfortably be excised and probably be fine. Yeah, 
uh and some you know some things they're not even checking you know if a person will decide to help you they're not even checking that relationship uh they're taking one specific event yes like how you acted in a particular situation um like there are people who have like gone and checked to to see how um how different choices affect those meters as they go Mm -hmm. you know like okay how does saying this affect their honesty and there have been some extrapolations made like okay you know that person was lying when you said that even though you felt like you were telling the truth uh stuff like that people have gone in and uh, examined it but i agree with you this is something that is pretty extraneous to the actual experience of play and making decisions and doesn't affect doesn't tie into the other mechanics enough to make it worth kind of keeping track of you know like you get those you get those adjectives at the start when the character is introduced but that is very quickly superseded by the ways that they interact with the other people and they fall into you know the slasher movie archetypes to a certain degree yeah yeah except without anybody to like right like there's there's you know there's just not a, a point of view character who's <laughs> tolerable really they're kind of kind um, of uh so it's, it is a slasher as we mentioned uh genre of horror movies came up in the 80s you know like your jasons and such mm-hmm. uh and so everyone can die except for a couple people who can't die until the end because they're yeah. needed for things um but a surprising number of people can die and the story fails forward right there's no game over um yes <laughs> like character will die uh, and sometimes you'll make an action and it seems like a character should be dead but you know you'll pick up with them later uh because they yeah. somehow improbably survived yeah, again sure. mimicking you know the the kind of like cliffhanger scene endings of a, of a slasher uh this yeah. is very it, faithful to the form and there, there are different ways that to kind of look at this game that this uh invokes so a way to look at this game is to look at this as a puzzle game where you are uh, what using the information the game gives me, can I keep everyone alive and make them, uh, you know, succeed at it? Um, I reject this for a couple of reasons. One being, I think that the signaling is actually pretty inconsistent from the game. Uh, They do a lot of those kind of things that feel a little bit um, like unfair, you know, for a mystery standpoint like unfair kind of dirty pool mm-hmm. um you know either things you had no way of being able to know or things that are directly counterintuitive yeah um you know and the game saves after every decision uh, there's no going back you know to me that and the genre uh which is slasher which if you watch a slasher movie uh you're you're watching it for the kills yeah uh you know just recently we did on filmable when we talked about cabin in the woods you know there's the final girl uh, she can either die or be traumatized, but everybody has to die. That's the rule. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a slasher movie. Uh, and then the third thing to me is that they made every single character the worst character in video games. <laughs> it's like if a bunch of Alan Wakes rented a timeshare or something, like <laughs> Alan Wakehouse on VH1. <laughs> We're Alan's Wake. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, just, a writer. Uh, I'm a writer. I'm a writer. I'm a writer. I'm a writer. You're a writer. I'm a writer. I'm a writer. <laughs> the fog crept like they're all just in like 17 part harmony like the fog crept in over the bay it was just but they they all fucking suck uh and there were characters i was trying to get killed and wouldn't die like that's how unreliable the flagging is for some of this stuff um i was like oh let's put this let's put the the lady who looks exactly like Lindsay ellis in danger Mm -hmm. uh because she's the worst (laughs) uh and it it she just would not die she survived i fucking hated it at the end she's you know at the end credits like she's telling her story and i'm like why mm-hmm. I, I, how did i you know trade a chris gethard for you <laughs> the uh but it's it's to me this feels a lot like the walking dead it's doing that choice stuff a little bit better but the way that i think of the walking dead or any of these narrative based adventure games is there aren't stories that are better or worse than other stories you're just engaging an expression to tell your version of the story yeah of it it is like the movie that is your version of what happens Mm -hmm. and when i make choices and until dawn i choose what i think will be the most fun yeah thing to watch uh more than anything else i don't care about the investment i have no avatar connection to any of these characters Mm -hmm. i'm just like yeah get into a fight Mm -hmm. like that sounds fun to watch (laughs) you're yeah you know you're a messy bee and you live for drama yeah i'm 100 a messy bee and i and part of this i played this 
uh, you know, we, we might have a point about this later. Uh, it's weirdly a very good co-op game mm-hmm. uh, without actually having an explicit co-op system. Playing this on the couch and just consulting, like watching a movie and then just being like, what should we do? Mm-hmm. Uh, is an absolute blast. It is, it is a top tier co-op game. Yeah. That sounds like, I mean, th- that sounds like fun. And also they incorporated that into the dark pictures anthology where, yeah, you, you know, characters can, uh, can, uh, trade off. Um, it's neat. Super um, neat. Yeah. Uh, and it, I have the, I have this point later, but it's worth bringing up you know, now because it's just natural. Uh, you know, like you're playing the like when you're playing this, you're playing it as the director, right? You what you what you laid out. I'm also doing that. But somebody like, you know, Will, um, uh, writer for the AV Club, maybe does something on Duck Feet. I'm friend. not sure. Gary's friend. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's, you know, he, he's more of the optimizer. There's also somebody who would play this doing like a role play. Right. Like, okay, yes. I'm going to, you know, every choice, depending on who I am, who I am playing as, I'm going to do the most them thing possible right here. You know, so the fact that there is that wiggle room and ambiguity about what you as the player are, are actually like what you are acting as, I think it speaks really to the game's credit to a large degree. I think that works really well that it affords you, you know, those different interpretations and all of them, you know, kind of work and, and can be satisfying. I played it this time to try and keep everybody alive. Um, and I even yeah. did, did, did a few lookups cause I, pl- I played this a while ago. I've already seen my, my version of the story where all but two characters died. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, you know, and I did run into, it's like, oh yeah, that's kind of BS the, you know, what you would have to do to keep everybody alive. I don't know how somebody would naturally do that, but also it's kind of hard to get, hold it against the game for that because that I don't think is the, the most fun way. And I don't think there's anything about the game that is communicating to you that that is the best thing to do. It's- the the fact that there are achievements for like all of the different mm-hmm. places in between and new content for mm-hmm. all the places in between. There also there's a fourth type who's literally just going to try to kill everyone. Yeah. In this game. Like I was trying to see the most fun thing, but if the if somebody seemed, you know, like they were all right, mm-hmm. like hey, you may live. Yeah. It, it was like that horrible little kid from old Star Trek then, you know, uh, Ron <laughs> Howard. Yep. Uh your uh Clint or Clint Howard. From the Star Trek, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was like, you may live. Uh, there also, you can just play this as a sadist, like a Tecmo's Deception, but yeah. an interactive movie. And the game gives you achievements and new content for all of those different scenarios, which to me also communicates the possible, you know, the the end goal that the, the developers had in mind for this was open ended. Yeah, like do do as thou will. You know, mm-hmm. have fun. It's your story. Like it's your video game. Yeah. And that you know, compl- we, we, the I complete like. lack of game overs is a huge part of that. And I think, oh, you know, yes. a huge part of what makes this more successful specifically than Fahrenheit um, Indigo Prophecy, because because uh, that has game overs all over the place. There are points where it can diverge, but it's mostly cosmetic to a large degree. Um, and yeah. even even heavy rain. And, you know, there are points where main characters can die in heavy rain and the story will continue. There, there are still game overs in that. You know, yeah. so the fact that this accounts for everything and still has you fail forward and if, if somebody dies, it just, mo- you know, moves forward and f- it feels like it rewrites the story in real time to account for that is a mm-hmm. huge part of this game's magic. Yes. And like The Walking Dead, it, I want to pump the brakes just a tiny bit and say that it's not like perfect. No. Like when you can have a story where anyone can die, that story necessarily um, has an anonymity to it to certain parts in terms mm-hmm. of uh, dialogue yeah. and who's around to do what, because anybody could fill in that, that role, mm-hmm. you know, there is an element of illusion to this Yeah, the same way that, you know, when the walking dead came out, it was a beautiful illusion and we all believed it, you know, it, it's strength. The walking dead strength was getting us to believe that illusion, mm-hmm. you know, this does that also very well, you know, as well as anything since. Yeah. You know, the first time I played Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, which is also a great game. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, it's it's a little weird, but it's it's a great game. Yeah. Um, it's good to look at. Uh the game has really nice aesthetics to it. Uh, yeah. the lighting is really good, the design is spooky. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh suggestive shadows yeah. in this game, uh, which is real good. A lot of uh things that are definitely hallways in the woods, but look <laughs> Like natural, you know, anything can come out of anywhere or you could go, you could feel lost. Yeah. Uh, something like that, that I, that I love about this, A, the lighting is excellent. Um, that's one of mm-hmm. the big things that they got by moving this from the PS3 to the PS4 was volumetric lighting. 
Um, and the fact that this has um, static camera angles means that they could really sculpt those shadows in a way mm-hmm. that had a, uh, you know, they had control over. Um, but um, something that I like about this, you spend a good amount of time um, in the lodge, you know, this gigantic cabin that's on the mountain, you know, these are, you know, these are all rich teens. <laughs> this is their vacation, right? Um, the power in the lodge is out for most of the time. If you asked me to draw a layout of this fucking place, I couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, it's labyrinthine. Like it, 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 uh, it, it's in, it makes me, credulous incredulous like it, it is it is too big yeah but like I, I i love like this place that should be the bastion of safety is itself elaborate and like it a death feel, maze yeah with, with a ridiculous death maze basement yep yeah. um the basement of this place is nuts yeah um um music also good and this mm-hmm. i didn't notice it uh as much but I, that can is a is an accolade in and of itself yeah yeah you know um appropriately spooky yeah. Uh, the one thing that does fall down a little bit is the 3D models and the character animation, specifically the facial animation. This is something that shows its age the most, especially in like a, uh, uh, I don't know, let's say post Horizon Zero Dawn kind of world, right? This is something that just yeah. kind of continues to get better. Um, and even stuff that is good now will probably look as aged as this but you're looking at it and if there if you're at all bothered by uncanny valley stuff if that takes you out of scenes uh that probably will make this rough for you um i happen to not be entirely bothered by it i think that this is that this is fine and at its worst it just makes me laugh so <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, it's it's real doll winter sleigh fest 2015 <laughs> yeah um you get to watch real dolls of several famous actors Mm-hmm. uh die yeah so you know that's your thing <laughs> um, the uh each uh the way that uh i'm stealing this point from will because i was arguing against the point that he made mm-hmm. earlier uh each one of the games gets one famous yep. uh in the later dark pictures ones mm-hmm. this game gets three famous it does uh there <laughs> uh rami malik uh this is before he became huge Yep. So of uh, Mr. Robot and Bohemian Rhapsody uh, and such. Uh, and he's great. Uh-huh. In this, uh, it's it's surprising. This is the first thing, time I've seen him in something where I've been like, oh, this guy is great. Oh, yeah. Th- this is real fun. This is a real fun performance. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hayden uh, Panettiere. Mm-hmm. Panettiere? Panettiere? Uh, whom I do, do not know from anything, but saw, you know, she gets top billing. Yeah. And I looked online um, and she- stuff. but. She was in, she, she was in Nashville. Um, she's been in a ton of like teen movie uh, kind of deals. Um, notable now because she's a, 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 a big activist uh, for Ukraine. Uh, so okay. apl- 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 um, applause to her. Like she was even involved like back in like the 2014, 2015 stuff uh, and protests and stuff oh. over there. Because I think that, I think that's where her family was from. Uh, but just to bring in some yeah. modern stuff. Uh, but yeah, it she's must like, be nice for her. Let's talk about Peter Stormare. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no uh but yeah uh, hayden panettiere is probably the, the 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 biggest like fresh name in this and she hasn't been in an awful, in an awful lot since then uh peter stormare uh also a- aka carl hungus <laughs> yep carl hungus aka gorb uh-huh from uh, tim and eric yep. who introduces you to your cinco boy uh, <laughs> i i love peter stormare yep uh, and in this, I fucking lose my shit. Oh yeah! Uh, every time he showed up, it's it's so delicious. <laughs> it's the weirdest performance, and and I, I, I alluded to it a bunch. I don't want this whole episode to turn into like, "Hey, can you name what Peter Stormare's accent is supposed to be?" <laughs> but I can't. It doesn't. It's kind of southern, but he cuts off the beginning and ends of words intermittently. Yep. Yeah. Like he's, he lurches. Uh huh. Like every, every, like, it's like he's a, did you remember uh kid in the hall, Mr. Heavyfoot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, he talks like Mr. Heavyfoot. Yeah. Blocks. <laughs> uh, it's incredible these things can't change yeah, like he's just constantly roiling on the inside yeah he, he does a grand tour of europe with his accent too like the southern kind yes. of edges into a little bit of an uh, a little bit of an irish peter stormare is, a, is a, a swedish actor and you can you can tell he has an accent there like he has to be doing something intentional here just like his fate like his face facial movements uh, yeah, like, it feels like it's almost um, like they they just randomize the sliders on a beat. Um, 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, like just if, if you if just free, play a game and freeze frame when Dr. Hill, who is the character he's playing as, uh, like just, just freeze frame. OK, pause. What emotion is he conveying here? <laughs> you couldn't do no. it. And, and what I think he's doing, which is something that I love, which is when a real actor kind of slums it. Oh, yeah. And instead of deciding to walk, you know, like phone it in, mm-hmm. they're like, I do anything I want. Yep. Like like Jeremy Irons in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like, just, I'm going to not just chew the scenery, but I'm going to give, or, uh, man, Tom Hardy and Venom. Uh-huh. Like, Tom Hardy is so fun to watch in those movies because it's it's not because it's, like, a good performance. Like, oh, man, he brought Eddie Brock to life. I love it. It's because it's so fucking weird. <laughs> it is impossible to name what he's going for in any individual frame, mm-hmm. just like you said, in those. Well, it's got that energy, and it's... uh unmissable yeah like it is it is so fun to watch yeah it is it it is uh, uh the 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 more energetic of nicholas gage's performance as opposed to like yes. sleep sleepier ones right yeah yeah it's it it, it is wonderful here um uh, just the, smash oh please <laughs> dr hill for smash please. dr hill joins the battle <laughs> <laughs> doctor, doctor throw diagnosis <laughs> Just, just, Dr. Hill says it's terminal. <laughs> just throwing jars um, of snakes at people. Yeah, just like what Mario? What do you think? In the, 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 the way that he talks, uh, that that he talks through his gritted teeth. This this is a reference yeah. that nobody will get. But like if you if you've seen the deposition tapes of um, Roger Stone, you know who is clearly unbalanced <laughs> and Kids. and uh, like in his uh, you know pro- probably. You know, and in some touches of dementia, when he loses control of himself, the talking, like the the talking through um, uh, closed teeth and like the the, the pulled back sneer on the lips, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it has that same kind of animal energy to it. Very, very similar. Yeah, Hudicarus will fall before yeah. my hill punch. <laughs> you know, just uh, absolutely incredible stuff. Yeah. I love him. Uh, so I adore him. His sections, Peter Sturmayer as Dr. Hill shows up in these chapter intermissions uh, as a as a therapist, the world's worst therapist. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, well, up there yeah, in the I running. Mean, there's reason. Yes, yeah, behind it. He's actually not the worst therapist, right? But we'll get into it. Yeah, uh, he's, he he is not. Uh, uh, let, let, let's let's say in the end, probably not as bad as the therapist from um, uh, Silent Hill: Shattered Memories, which this is very no. similar to. Uh, yeah. he shows up and he'll, you know, you're making choices in this. He's at, kind of breaking the fourth wall. Seems like he's addressing the player, um, talking, you know, asking them like, Hey, what do you fear? Uh, how do you feel about the characters in the game? Uh, things like that. Right. And yeah. like, sh- uh, shattered memories, uh, these can have some minor effects on the main game itself. Although I think that this is just here to kind of put you off balance. Yeah. This is, this is, this is a, absolutely the small spoiler in the world, but to give people who are, going to play this an idea mm-hmm. it's like what are you scared of x y or z and then depending on that whichever one you choose will appear in a scene later yeah that that's what we're talking about and it's it's incredibly minor mm-hmm. yeah um the uh right i was just man, I was just thinking like instead of sorry i'm no, no, instead of putting dr hill in smash let's do a therapist smash with dr hill the therapist from silent memories and Dr. Fontaine from LA noir. Mm. And then let's just get like all of the shitty video game therapists. <laughs> like, mm. Mm. cause they're all like the best characters in those games. Like they're uh-huh. so ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, in general, like I agree with this. This is a, this is a point that you've gotten the notes, but I agree with this. Mm-hmm. The actual mystery and story and scenario in the game is successful on a writing level. Um, it's playing with horror tropes. It's, uh, dodging your expectations, lots of fun, red herrings and stuff. Yeah. Um, the dialogue is less successful. Yeah. Um, this also, this contributes to how hateable mm-hmm. these teens are. Um, my first instinct was what you have here in the notes that it's adults trying to write the way that teens speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea how teens speak and I have no idea. Uh, I didn't really put together when this is supposed to take place. Yeah. So maybe this is more accurate to teen lingo. At the time, it doesn't feel like real teens, but then I realized I don't know what a real teen would feel like. <laughs> it's supposed to be concurrent. The tragedy takes place in February of 2014, and then they're back in the February of 2015. Okay. Yeah. All, all I know is how teens would be in 1996. So right. I don't I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm past the sell-by date on what teens are like. Yeah. But, you know, there's a, there, there's a lot of like, oh, hashtag go to hell. 
you know, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, just yeah, bird. fuck your selfie. <laughs> yeah, uh, precisely. Fuck your selfie. Uh, kind of uh, that that, that yeah. kind of energy. Uh, not good. Um, but that uh, again leans into just some some of these <laughs> judgment needs to come for some of these folks. They gonna yeah. have to die. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so this game, uh, went through a lot of changes, began development in 2010, uh, led by creative director, Will Biles. Uh, I've not looked at the interview with him. I, I learned a lot about the PS3 version of this. Yeah. Uh, in my research, There's video. but what, it's uh, weird. you got in the notes that Will Biles talks a big game. Tell me about Will Biles and his big fucking motor mouth. <laughs> no, it just, uh, like to uh, shit with a fist. <laughs> I, don't, I never said that. <laughs> That's not in the notes. Don't put it in the paper. I'm mad. Uh, no, just like a lot of his quotes are like, uh, we're trying to go back to the roots of horror, you know, kind of just kind of, mm. kind of talking, talking a little bit like that. Uh, just a, it's a little bit, uh, grandiose, I would say for the product that we have a product that doesn't evince some of those pretensions, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it is is uh, is really good, but not because of that. Yes, you know, a modest product in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but uh, the studio, Supermassive, they primarily uh, in the early days were a, kind of a backbench studio for Sony. They've been working on Little Big Planet DLC for a bit. I think they did the uh, the PSP version of Little Big Planet. They had like a party game that they did, uh, kind of minor stuff. And this was their this was them being called up to the big times, kind of after the first version of the game failed. <laughs> yeah, even though the first version of the game looks interesting to me yes uh you can find footage of this it's, it started life as a ps move game for the ps3 mm-hmm. which would ensure no one ever played it yes right like more people have seen a ufo than have touched a playstation move mm-hmm. um but this was played from the first person perspective uh way more like campy slasher movie yeah. about them all going to go snowboard mm-hmm. so it had a little like hot dog the movie <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to go to. Yeah. <laughs> I love Hot Dog the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I love how Hot Dog the movie is about uh, like a skiing camp. And then Hamburger the movie is about an evil uh, college that makes hamburgers uh, and is full of some of the most offensive jokes I've ever seen in a movie. Is that really? Is, is there really a movie called Hamburger the movie? Dude, yeah. Look up Hamburger the movie. Okay. Uh, it's, <laughs> is it's is it all related to, to, to Hot Dog the movie? Dick Buckus in it. No, uh, it's it's about a university where they learn to make hamburgers. <laughs> like hamburgers. It's basically the... a movie version of the McDonald's plate. Huh. Where they're all sitting in classroom, except the burgers are not being taught. Oh. The burgers are are yeah. They are to be consumed. Huh. It's a uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, it, it's gross. There's there's a part it's really fat phobic. There's a part where uh a tour of people called eaters show up on a bus and mm-hmm go into a fast food restaurant. This is a big emergency. Okay. You know? And while, whenever they move, they play like baby elephant walk music and play the, <laughs> like the sound effects from a pig pen. <laughs> oh, it's, no. it's so blatantly awful. It is. I'm not going to bat for this movie. It's just a no. weird movie I happen to have seen. Dick Butkus plays um, a character named Druton. Yep. Druton. Druton Butkus. You uh, may know me for my amazing throws, but here I am an actor. It, uh, <laughs> Dick Butkus, famously not a quarterback. <laughs> I, I don't know what a quarterback is. <laughs> and more importantly, I don't care. All I care about is that he looks good. Yeah. He tastes so, good. He so, reminds so, me of a quarterback. So, I mean, let me read you some of the names from this. Russell Proko, Mrs. Vunk, uh, <laughs> uh, Nachio Herb Zyper, Dr. Mole, yeah. Fred Domino. <laughs> It's a it's it's a really hard to watch movie. Like if you like, you know what? You know what? Uh, you know who's seen it? I bet. Sam Bear. Oh, uh, I know. I, there are probably people getting irritated when we just call out specific people in the Slack uh-huh. and stuff. I would, I would, I would bet like probably twenty U.S. dollars that Sam Bear knows this yeah. movie. Let us know, Sam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anywho, uh, originally it was going to be this like freewheel and snowboard camp kind of thing with those like a little goofier. Uh-huh. Um, but the cool thing that I noticed in watching the video of the the footage of the PS3 version was it reminded me of the cool things in VR. Like it was a lot yeah. of hands-on interacting with objects and stuff mm-hmm. and a lot more puzzles that worked that way. Yeah. Uh, Cause this game is very puzzle light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, yeah. It, it, it looks real interesting, uh, which makes the, times when they did do vr uh and it didn't necessarily work a little bit uh, a little bit of a bummer yeah uh yeah tell me about those that's skipping oh. ahead a little bit the notes i'm sure but i don't know those yeah them. uh so the one that i played more of is until dawn rush of blood 
uh, which uh, takes this cinematic adventure game and turns it into, uh, you know, it's like it's set in this universe, but it is a rail shooter. Uh, and like as a side chronicles, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um, and as a rail shooter, it's actually really good um, as an mm-hmm. until dawn game. Uh, may- maybe not so much. Uh, you're on you're on like a roller coaster and like going down like mine carts and stuff like that. Uh, uh, shooting uh, the various threats from the game as it goes. Uh, and it's in VR, so stuff pops up, you know, stuff pops up up, up on you. There's some, like, puzzle battles against large enemy uh, kind, of, kind of deals. Mm. It's it's neat, but not for any of the reasons that I, that, that I like um, Until Dawn. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. uh and yeah. then the, the 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 second one that, that they did is called uh is called the inpatient uh which sounds very similar to what you um to to, to what you're laying out uh to what we mm-hmm. to what we've seen uh from the for, from the uh prototype version of this it's just mm-hmm. not very eventful uh it's a it's a mm-hmm. it's a well, distant a yeah, it's a so dis- it, distant prequel yeah yeah so it's limited in what it could could really do as far as moving yeah. the plot forward uh, contained by the future. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. curious about the impatient, and then moved on to dark picture stuff. Yeah, for playing with uh, with my lady, mm-hmm. and it's fine. Man of Badan, it's fine. Yeah, no, um, I'll, I'll take one of know, those games every year. Like it's perfectly yeah. fine. <laughs> it's a snack. Yeah. Uh, they get one famous that one. They got Iceman from the X Men. So you can uh, see how oh. far they've fallen from Peter Stormare. And <laughs> oh man yeah it's uh it it, uh what is it the second one has uh what's his name from midsummer um oh Oh, um yeah yeah the the little bratty kid yeah yeah the guy pisses on the tree the 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 vapester yeah the fool and uh and the third one house of ashes has um uh oh gosh ashley tisdale oh (laughs) (laughs) i think they're just slowly just circling the drain (laughs) man the peter stormare to ashley tisdale pipeline is fucking crowded and sad uh she's fine i just i i can't i can't think of ashley tisdale without thinking about review right ashley tisdale thanks you ashley thanks you for your generous donation (laughs) why are you holding Uh, a condom (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh man uh, the, the way that ends where he goes and sleeps with the local author who's just originally widowed <laughs> she, she, she asks him to grab the urn with her husband's ashes yeah it, it's so sad oh. uh that show is great mm-hmm. um so this people thought this was canceled because it went away yeah uh from the uh the third version and in fact they were actually working on it uh because nobody wanted a playstation move game. right uh, they hired uh larry fezenden Mm-hmm. Uh, Fessenden and Graham Resnick to write the script. Uh, Fessenden uh, has made several movies mm-hmm. uh, and shorts about the main threats of the movie, uh, the game. So he's kind of got an obsession yes. with the uh, the monster in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't look that up, please, if you want to play this game. Um, but they worked on it as they reworked this for non-move exclusivity. Yeah, um, so and, it took a while. Yeah, and that was the uh, that was the move to third person. They also did uh, some recasting of all but two roles. They recast everybody except Mike and Chris. Um, mm-hmm. God, so many anonymous names in this. Uh, don't have. A, I, I'm don't, not going to keep them straight when we record. <laughs> don't call them. Don't have two characters named Mike and Matt for God's sake. Yeah, th- there's literally no. I, I. It took me so long. Like I, I got Ashley and Sam and Chris mm-hmm. and Josh, and those are the ones who I definitely know. Yeah. Everyone else is just kind of. Oh, it's that teen. <laughs> like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, as part of this reworking, Sony gave them the green light to make the game bigger and kind of act as a showpiece for the PS4. Uh, it remains mm-hmm. exclusive to Sony systems uh, as of uh, as as of right now, um, and that's how we got the game we got. Um, also, yeah. something that I think helped was you know the initial script was ten thousand pages, but it was shortened considerably once they realized that they could have actors act. You know, once they had mocap and stuff like that, so they offloaded you know, some of the uh, exposition and stuff onto just actually having like better composed yeah, scenes. Medium. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned a couple of times. So in 2019, Supermassive started working uh, on this thing called the Dark Pictures Anthology. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, smaller until Dawns where they get one famous each. Mm-hmm. Um, they're shorter. They have less quality mm-hmm. than the games, but they're also, again, they're fine. Like yeah. it's one of those things where if you want this kind of thing, 
this is where you get it. Yes. And they're entertaining. Like they suffer by comparison. Um, I was scared to start them because everyone had told me that they were like awful, but it was just internet <laughs> no. comparison hyperbole. Like, yeah, you know, why ever take a, a seven or an eight when there's a 10 available? Well, mm-hmm. sometimes you've eaten the 10, yeah. you know, and you're still hungry. Um, I, you know, played and enjoyed the first one and, uh, me and my girlfriend have plans to play through the other ones. Yeah. Uh, cause it's incredibly fun to do those co-op as well. Yeah. Uh, it's, they're trending in the right direction too. I think that, uh, each of them that have come out, like the first one was still fine. Uh, each of them mm-hmm. that have come out has been, has been better in some, you know, in some way. So they're taking, uh, player feedback into account, which is nice. And they just greenlit a bunch more of them too. So yeah. it's not just going to be yeah. the three. I, there's one that's currently in development and they're coming out yearly, which I think is enough time between these to like build up an, app, an appetite for this again. It, it's a great little hybrid of an episodic. Yeah. Uh, kind of structure. And they're exactly the right type of game to have one of them a year. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's they're They're snacks. Yeah. Good, good spooky snacks. Uh, so that's going to be it for our generalities. Um, we're going to come back for patrons you know, if you're hearing this, it is because uh, you're on the public feed. Mm-hmm. We thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear the whole episode and the rest of our episodes and a bunch of bonus shows, uh, it is $5 a month at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Yeah. Get access to uh, this, uh, the premium episodes of this show, all of them, all the premium episodes, which is a lot right now. Um, you also get access to Bonfireside Chat, which is rolling up. If you have been curious about Elden Ring, that season is starting here uh, in earnest real soon. Uh, also, uh, unfilmable uh, and extra episodes of um, uh, ad- or, well, not adaptation decay, of Abject Suffering. Yeah. Uh, yeah. T- At ten dollars, t- you get extra episodes of Adaptation Decay, by which we mean any episodes. Yeah. Of Adaptation Decay, and that show is real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's at that kind of premium price point, but it's a really good show. It's monthly, but it's real fun. Yeah, and if you uh, um, if, if, even if you back for just one month and then uh, and then bump back down, you you will still have had access to sixty of them. So yeah. download those bad boys. It's a busy month. Listen to them. Yeah. Listen to two a day for <laughs> what we like to call fuck month. It, it's horrible. <laughs> it's called boo juice, and you're gonna drink it. it it's not good. <laughs> it's, um, uh, but you you know it won't bother us if you do that. Is is the point? Yes. Uh, it's yeah. designs. So you can you can dip in, get what you want, and then dip back out. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you decide to stick around, we appreciate that. Um, you know the support is life changing and and is very important to us. This is our jobs. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, we understand mm-hmm. that money means different things to different people. Yeah. Um, it is too late to write in uh, about until dawn or any of the games from uh, fr- fr- from March. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. be talking. We're going to be reading responses to those games uh, in the dispatch episode next week. But uh, you do have plenty of time to write in about April's games, uh, which yes. are the Shrouded Isle. Uh, we're doing a special mm-hmm. about Chuck E. Cheese. Um, so if you have any memories of the Chuck E. Cheese fun centers and restaurants, uh, please go ahead and write those in. Uh, and then the premium show is pizza. <laughs> or, oh, or any kind of like animatronic weirdo arcade yeah that you if, had near your town if you had a local ripoff uh that closed because somebody got decapitated please write in 100 percent. yeah uh and then the premium episode is going to be death loop uh arcane's most recent outing uh and uh yeah. the deadline for that is april the 15th uh please write in at duckfeed.tv slash contact if you have thoughts about multiple games or topics uh please separate them uh, put, uh, yes. put in separate responses. Yeah. We would really appreciate that. Um, yeah. And take care. We'll see you next week with the dispatch. Thanks.